everybody. We are here. My name is Kevin Bargo, host and founder of the Mid Park Music Podcast. And today is Thursday, August 18th, and I have my guy Seth from the Columbus-based band Well Red with me. Um, very eclectic sound, uh, very unique, deep mind, creative dude. You're going to hear all about that here uh, in just a couple of minutes. Um, not a whole lot to go over today. As far as the Mid Park brand, uh, make sure you are, of course, uh, checking out the website, keeping up to date with all that good stuff. Uh, of course, tomorrow is a Friday, so we'll have the new music playlist up. Just had a podcast up uh, this past Monday as well from Fremont Pike. That is a Michigan-based uh, punk rock band there. Uh, and then I have, I think, what is the next one? Oh, gosh, I believe on Monday we'll be having uh, come up here. Uh, I'm bringing the schedule up here. Tuesday, I'm sorry, Tuesday, August 23rd, uh, with Will You, Won't You, which is a another punk band there from the um, California, from Bay Area. Uh, so that was the first time I've got out there a little bit to, to speak with um, anybody. So really excited for those coming down the pipeline as well. Stay tuned for all of that. Um, the song that you heard there at the beginning, that was just a little snippet uh, of the most recent single that was released from Well Read. That was Day Sleep. Um, so again, you know, as you hear, I think in terms of the, the artists that I have had on the mid park podcast, um, well, reds music is definitely one of the most unique, uh, and eclectic. And I think brings a, a, a wide range of perspective for you that you're going to enjoy here in the conversation and hear, you know, in the music and, and, um, and so on. Um, as always, of course, got to make sure that I, uh, give a shout out to those of you listening in and, um, all of those is, you know, just the general support. It's, uh, it's fantastic. We're continuing to grow here as a community and just appreciate all of you so much. This would be nothing without all of you listening. So, um, we're going to go ahead and listen to the full song day sleep here. Um, so again, this was a single that was released by well read on August 5th. Uh, that'll bring us back in and we'll go over just a few more things before we listen to one more tune that will lead us into the full conversation with Seth of the Columbus based, uh, band well read. Thank you. For Throw 
you enjoyed that one there. Again, that was Day Sleep. Um, the next song that we're going to listen to here, I actually did a uh, Midpark song summary over. So you may be familiar with this one already. If not, uh, I'll go ahead and actually read the song summary that I wrote up. Uh, but this is Suburbs. So this is the uh, January 8th, uh, 2021 is when this was released. Um, but again, um, uh, you know, it's a lovely example of the creativity um, that Seth is able to put out here. Um, so in terms of the song summary, like I said, so if you're not familiar, song summaries are essentially uh, the Midpark version of a song review. Um, so that's obviously where that's coming from here. But um, that was uh, back in, I think, June or so where I wrote that up. Uh, it's been a while. But um, this track combines uh, beautifully written introspective lyrics with an abundance of unique expertive musical sounds, as cliche as it may be. This truly is a track with no set genre. Uh, as if Owl City, Daft Punk, and Jack Johnson got together for a uh, project. This is a song that is original to its core, packing the perfect combo of ups and downs in its 4-minute, 38-second track time as one could need. Um, so I hope that yeah, gave you a little uh, idea of what's to come here. Um, so, again, we're going to listen to this full song, and that will take us into the conversation with Seth of Well Read. Um, and just one more time, of course, wanted to note everybody, please thanking you uh, so much you know, for, for your support. and. Um, for the just yeah i'm gonna stop being corny and rambling on and on but uh you know how it is um this is a good thing we've got going and um yeah that's it so we're gonna go ahead and listen to the full song here of suburbs and this will take us into the full conversation we will see you after the conversation which is about an hour long uh just to wrap things up uh before we head off into the night with one more uh well-read song thank you as always for tuning in we'll see you after the conversation <laughs> No one saves the suburbs For the late sleepers who Live in their childhood rooms Feeding on feelings Take it like a dreamer Grass is not greener sky You're coming with one open
This is, for me, this is number uh, interview number one of about a thousand over the course of the next Wednesdays, uh, next few Wednesdays. Man, I'm just fucking the whole, the whole intro up here. Um, <laughs> and I have with me Seth of Well Read uh, out of Columbus, Ohio. Seth, welcome on in, man. Yo, thank you, Kevin. It's cool yeah. to see you in person. You're living, you're breathing. And, uh... I'm, not a, I'm not a bot. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, you know, I'm, not a, I'm not hawking your DMs for money. Um, right. Yeah, no, yeah, you as well, man. I, I same way. I uh, you meet a lot of bands, you know, virtually and whatnot. And then when we meet on the podcast, it's nice. So, um, and let's start with um, usually where I start with most people. And actually, it'll be interesting because um, just about a week before your episode, I'm going to have another Columbus uh, band on. So, kind of two different perspectives here. But uh, love to hear your perspective on the Columbus, Ohio music scene as a whole you know in terms of shows in terms of community all that good stuff yeah um well i'm not from columbus um i'm from dayton and if you're not from ohio that's between columbus and cincinnati um and uh that's where i grew up so the scene as far as me living here is really new i think i moved up here in February and I started playing shows here like about a month before that. Oh, but, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Super new, um, super new to the town. But uh, I came here because I had been coming to shows here while I was in Dayton and while I was in college. And I was coming up all the time. 
And the thing that just really instantly like made me pay attention was like, I can remember coming to shows at specifically at Ace of Cups and going to these like Tuesday night, $5, you know, four local band bills and it being like packed, like there being people there from all walks of life. I was actually talking to a friend about this. Like the fact that there were people there, first of all, that like it was a good crowd for a bunch of local bands made up of high schoolers, 20 somethings, middle aged people. Like there wasn't it wasn't like a bunch of high school friends just like came to see their, you know, their buddies play a show. Right. Right. It was like it was it was diverse. And that meant, yo, people expect this kind of thing. And like being there, I was just so blown away by that. And I was blown away that a venue that was small in my own from my own perspective was doing well on a weekday. And I was like, well, maybe this is an anomaly. And every time I came up, it was like that, man. Like every time. And that's in and Columbus, was, you're saying, when you were yeah. coming to visit Columbus from Dayton, which is where you were going to college. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And you're where you're from. But where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to Cedarville University. It's like, uh, if you're familiar it. with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm Canton, so I mean, I'm, I'm born and raised in Ohio. Okay, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's where I went, and that's where a lot of my band buddies went. And uh, so it was those kinds of things that made me think, man, like if I ever did music after school, maybe Columbus is a better route because I can make the music I want to make, and people will still show up. Like that's a big thing is like people talk about different cities being good for music and i always like to say yeah but are they good for original music does the like does the community there crave original work as much as columbus because columbus just has a really really big scene for that and so moving up here i've just completely found that to be the case the bands are super open there's plenty of places to play the venues trust the bands like there's no there's no I mean there's there's bottlenecks here and there but there's no glass ceiling when it comes to the places you can play or the people that won't talk to you people want to play shows and people are open to newbies like me coming in and saying let's help each other you know so I have nothing but good things to say about Columbus and I was such a salesman, I convinced a lot of my friends who were in bands to move up here or move in the area. So I love it. I love it a lot. Well, shit. Very nice. That's uh, <laughs> that's good. So if you can hear, it, it sounds like there's an earthquake in the background. By the way, uh, it's my dogs wrestling right above my head. Um, I don't know if you can hear that or not. Um, no, no, I can't. Did you go to school uh, for music stuff or um, was it just kind of, you know, music was always a big thing and that that's what you wanted to pursue. Uh, no, I didn't go to school for music. Um, I was, I was communications, but at Cedarville, there, it was, there you go, baby. The, yeah. easy, the easy degree. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the amount of crap you get for 
to doing that major is just that's what I say. Yeah, and it's not. Uh, I mean, there's some easy things about it, but um, I always tell everybody, I don't care if it's easy or not. I, the things I got out of, like I genuinely, you know, I don't know if I got forty thousand dollars worth, but you know, <laughs> um, I got a lot out of what I learned in college, you know, from communication. But that's neither here nor there. Go ahead. Right. Right. No, you're good. Uh, I I kind of took it a digital marketing route. So I could take social media, copywriting, videography, and um, like media writing all under communications. So I was just picking up skills that I thought would be useful for like marketing. Um, And I had done audio production since high school. And actually from like freshman year, I got a job doing live sound and studio sound at school. So I was just like, I don't really feel like I need to go to school for that. I took one audio course and I was like, I'm, I'm doing okay. I don't feel like I need more of this. I mean, little, little did I know, like I needed a lot more work. Um, and I grew of course throughout that time just by being around it, but I didn't go to school for it. Um, and I took a lot more classes in filmmaking. I took like the whole track of filmmaking at school. Cause I just didn't know, I didn't know how to do any of it. I never picked up a camera. Yeah. So, so I thought I was going to go into digital marketing and that's actually my day job is digital marketing. But, um, what I, I had been writing in high school and producing, I produced like a little electronic pop albums in high school just full synth and vocals and I liked it, but I got really into just, I just loved the texture of sound of an electric guitar. And I loved, I was pulling away from the highly polished, like formulaic EDM sort of sound. And I was really, really wanting some more human electronic sounds. And I, I was just like, I need to find somebody that plays electric guitar um so me and a couple of buddies made a band that stuck around for a while and then my senior year I was like doing social media for some bands and I was like I'm gonna quit all that and do my own idea and I got like super re-inspired from working with Ableton and changing my like songwriting flow and was making just a whole bunch of new things. And I was able to like do a social media marketing campaign for Well Read as my senior capstone at school. For and college. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. So like I just kind of like went to the prof and I was like, I want to, I want to. I want to do social media marketing after school. What if I just did it for this music I'm working on? And he was like, sure, sure, sure. So did that. And I like went to my buddies and I was like, look, um, right now it's been mainly a collaborative effort, but I have some really ideas. I have some really strong ideas I really want to put out. Can we like reform with the same members and push in a whole new direction musically? And I promise I will spend as much time and effort as I can into this to make this successful. I'm going to move to Columbus and I'm going to keep on doing this. 
all you guys have to do is play the parts and and that's kind of how it started um and then obviously it changed over time but that's that was kind of the push and then it changed fall of 2020 so yeah that's kind of where it started yeah got it man um a lot of things well, let's do this. A lot of things we could go off that, but this is this is the first time I've ever done this. A Q and A uh, from from outsiders. We did get two questions actually. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, one of them I think you'll know. Um, it's Jacob Jacob twenty one twelve. Okay. You know who that is. <laughs> yeah, he's my bass player. <laughs> well, the question and yep, the question was, uh, what's your favorite thing about your bass player? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm going to I'm going to turn this into like a real answer. Uh, yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, so like like I said, it a lot of people are like they don't know if it's like a solo project by me with like backing members or if it's like a, a band. Right. So because like everybody does the like one person's all the band kind of thing now. I can't like, tell you how many like I think. Yeah, both of the next two interviews that I have scheduled tonight are same exact type deal, um, where it's like one guy kind of the front face brains behind everything, but of course there's a team, you know, a band, people that are very important, you know, just as much. Right, right. And so usually when I'm well, when I'm trying to actually give a real answer, usually I just kind of like ignore the question and move on, but. Sometimes when they're actually willing to hear the answer, I go like, I, I think also, A, we don't realize like how many, until you like actually do some research, you don't realize like how many bands really are run by one person mm-hmm. and everybody's, everybody's involved in it. And depending on the song, depending on the album, depending on the medium, whether it's like in the studio or on stage, people are contributing in different ways. And yeah. that's really what the the that's really what well read looks like and jacob the bass player contributes so much on stage and he writes so many of his parts so like that's the thing that's the kind of like the duality of it is like there's songs like day sleep where i wrote the whole part and then there are sections of that part that he completely changed and I just kind of had like veto power and I was like, yeah, okay. That I really like that. And, uh, and on stage though, I don't control his presence and I don't control a lot of the other parts that he writes. So it's in that way, I would say it is a band because most bands have somebody who's the grindhouse of the band. And everybody yeah. else is contributing. And so in that way, at first, like I was just saying, at first it was like, I'm holding all the pieces and you're playing the pieces. But as time's gone on, people like everyone in my band has caught on to the sound, has caught on to like the instinctual choices I make. And now we're all working together and I'm listening just as much as I'm contributing now. So it's yeah. great. It's like a, it's like a mama bear in the woods, you know, you, uh, not to be funny, but you know, you, you, you know, you're kind of in control at the beginning and you want to show them the way, 
you know, but once you realize they can do it and once you realize they grasp it and, you know, they know the concept as well, you just let them run, you know, you let the, you let the birdies fly from the coop, let them go, man. Um, <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, before we get to the next Q and a, I think that's, that's a perfect way to kind of go into one of my questions I have, which is, you know, always, especially with situations like yours, where, you know, it's at least front facing, you know, a solo project for the most part, but you've got your band, you've got friends, family, everything else. Um, who yeah. else other than Jacob? Um, do we need to shout out? Do you have a, a drummer, anybody else, family, yeah, yeah, girlfriend, yeah. whomever? Yeah. Uh, I've been like super blessed to like, I have a band which is made up of like Jacob on bass. And then I have two guitarists that kind of switch on and off. So I have my friend Christian Hinojosa and Toby French, and they both kind of take turns depending on who's available. Um, and then I have two drummers too, like my OG drummer, Jerry, he got married. And so he's doing a bunch of other things right now. Marriage and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you like to call it. I don't know what they, the kids are doing these days. That was you... <laughs> a funny voice, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you gotta have voices, bro. If you're, Probably. if you're not, if you don't have a Brooklyn accent, you're just you're missing out on 50% of the humor in your life. Really. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm just trying to figure out why the fuck my back is itching so much. <laughs> just, I mean, you're, I mean, you're doing these. You're doing I'm, I'm over here just like I got poison ivy on my back or something. I just got out of the shower. So I don't know if I just, you know. Yo, the, the uh, after shower itch. That's man. real. Ah, I don't know what's going on here, man. You know, when you're like, you but like I, put on a shirt and you're like, or you like just start sweating. Right after you shower, dude, that gets me all the time. This shirt is brand new, haven't hasn't been washed from the store. It's from Target. That's what it is. I bet it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. else probably tried it on a Target, had fucking monkeypox, and now I'm, I got monkeypox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't joke about that. Um, 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 where were we at? You were talking about your band. Oh, there we yeah. go. Yeah. So <laughs> I got the OG drummer Jerry, and then like a couple. So like. When we started playing shows, we were playing with a, a couple of other bands in Cedarville, but there are like no bands in Cedarville. So we were really, really tight knit. We'd hang out I all the time. Say, I, I can't, I, you know, I know Cedarville. Well, I've never been there, uh, but you know, I, I know honestly the way that I, the reason that I know like a lot of areas from Chicago, from Chicago, then it came to say the right fucking place. <laughs> the reason that I know so many areas from Ohio is from my days um, in sports, high school football and whatnot. And just like, yeah knowing the divisions of everybody and playing and Cedarville was always very good. Um, from what I remember, yeah. they, yeah. And I think, I think they've got like a really good basketball player right now. I could be, maybe I'm thinking of Centerville. Yo, you might be. That's, Centerville, that's my Cedarville. I grew up in like Kettering. So. Cause Centerville's in Columbus, right? Or right around there. No, Centerville is like just South of Dayton or Cedar where's Cedarville. Cedarville's like near Xenia and Yellow Springs. Okay. Dude, it's like a whole different world down there. I mean, it's, it's all Ohio, but like, I don't know if you feel the same way when you come up towards Northeast Ohio. Like if I ever, cause I lived in Nashville, right? So, I mean, I always okay. travel directly through Southwest Ohio, through Cincinnati. Right. And when I would get to like Dayton area, it would feel like I was in like a different state, man. Yeah. It was so far away. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. I don't know. 
Well, what's interesting is like Dayton to Cincinnati, like where I grew up, is like almost all urbanized now. Yeah. And and then you go like you go on the north side of Columbus, which I really had never been to until like a month or two ago. And it's like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing here. There's just nothing for miles. Yeah. If there's a lot, a lot of Ohio's like that, man. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of just rural shit that I want no part of. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well yeah, there's not, cool spots there's cool spots you know yeah there's, there's uh, cool spots. Um, yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> we got some cool spots around Dayton. you know we got yellow springs we got um no, there's cool yeah and there's cool stuff in ohio i i i just have the normal like i'm from canton and the pro football hall of fame is five oh, yeah. minutes away and literally the game tomorrow um you know it's like i take that for granted but it's cool um but all right that's enough about fucking ohio um <laughs> back to your hey, it's a big part of it it's a big part of it it so, is yeah so we were all kind of friends and we hung out yeah there's there's no bands at cedarville um that are doing interesting stuff and since the town's so small the the university kind of has a monopoly on like just land and so it's hard to even get there's no like there's no real entertainment economy there like there's no bar we can play basically. Um, so we were all tight knit and one of my friends, Eric Trent, um, came up and was like, Hey, I've just found that like, I really want to find someone whose vision I want to support. And I really want to fall into that role of being able to like support an artist. You know, he basically said like, yo, if I could just drum, for like Japanese breakfast or Phoebe Bridgers, I would do that. Like just drum, like just taking orders. And I was like really moved by that. And plus he's a fantastic drummer. So I was like, yeah, we're working you into the band. So, so now we just kind of like Jerry picks the shows he wants to play and Eric fills in the rest. And, um, but it's a, it's great. I have, um, in addition to that, there's just a bunch of people I've met that like consistently take photos at our shows. So like my girlfriend, Liz takes a lot of photos. Um, we have a friend who's in another, she's a front woman for another band. Her name's Katie. She's always taking photos. Um, Toby's fiance, Emma loves taking photos. So she's taking photos. I got a guy up here in Columbus who I met back in Cedarville named Darius, who's coming out to shows all the time. Um, and so there's like a lot of, team aspects we really try to like build as much community as we can because that's all we had in cedarville and so like that kind of looking out for you almost that like hip-hop mentality that you see rappers come up with where they got their team you know the group of people that makes it happen you know and so there's people like i just try to respect the people that have been around and hung with me and consistently go back to them you know there's there's people i send like demos to that just happen to reply on like the first post i made but i just like i want to keep involving them because they took time when like no one else would take time so why not you know yeah so with it man absolutely well shout out to all of them um yeah i know that's a big thing you know um like you said can't do it without i'm sure even one of them um, yeah. so gotta, gotta get the love where it needs to be. Um, let's go to the other Q and a question. Um, 
which I think this is a very interesting question. I don't know if this person meant it this way, but I am going to put it on something on my story actually later about this. But um, Solomon Summers, do you know this person? Yo, Solomon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. He's a very uh, cool guy. Solomon said, what do you think makes music good? Uh, well, I think we can... Obviously, everybody likes to throw out the idea that like all music interpretation is subjective. Um, and that is true to a sense, but we can also like compare people against other people and we can say, Oh, this person did this thing better, you know, or this person did this thing better. So if you do that long enough, you eventually get some sort of hierarchy based on pick your quality here. And I think, uh, I've like I've been trying to think about this because I'm writing a book about this right now. But like I think every the big the big quality of what people tend to enjoy in music falls on a spectrum between the most original and the most accessible. So like at most accessible to a unhealthy extent would be everything is so cliche. So by accessible, I mean something that a larger group of people can relate to, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the kind of things where you hear artists talk about, like, I really want to connect with people. And fall as you move down that end of the spectrum, people enjoy tend to enjoy that kind of music if they feel connected to it, you know? And yeah. then you have, on the other end of the spectrum, you have something that maybe you you have the most original, which the most original is just as um, boring and uninteresting as the most accessible because it's so tied specifically to the person who created it that you're unable to uh, tap into it. It's it's It'd be like static, you know? It wouldn't yep. be understandable. But people tend to have a respect for things that are either like mysterious or they're they're deeper and you have to dig into context clues. You have to dig into what's going on like subtextually to understand it. So I think people have different pain tolerances for where they fall on the spectrum. And I think you can graph like every band kind of on the spectrum as like this person's more accessible than this person. This person's more original. Um, they're, they may be harder to understand, but there is a unique awe to them because they are interesting and they're doing things differently. So I usually say, I usually like when I like talk to people and we're talking about like good music that we like, I usually try to figure out where they fall on the spectrum and then kind of talk about music that fits there. And so um, if you tend to value someone being original versus something you can directly understand, you're going to like a whole different set of bands, um, than you are if you're on the other end of the spectrum and all the opinions are valid in between there. So, um, that's like a, a basic thing, but I think it helps, it helps like organize thoughts on music and it helps organize opinions like 
this person is makes really good pop music and this person makes really good experimental hip hop music. It's like somebody might come up to you and say, well, experimental hip hop is better than pop. And what they really mean is experimental hip hop taps into a nerve that I appreciate more. And um, so I think in addition to the original and accessible, you have things like genre that also affect what uh, makes music good. So it's a <laughs> Solomon. Why'd you do this to me? That's no, that's, a, it's that's a a certainly a detailed answer. answer. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the reason that I, that I mentioned, like, I don't know if you meant this or not, but I was thinking about it when I saw the question, uh, what makes music good? Or if you just change it up to what makes good music, is that a totally right. different answer? Yeah, I think that's it is. a different answer. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I'm gonna excuse me. I just probably broke everybody's eardrum with that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna put that on. Think something about that on my story here, um, and then I'll probably delete for, it in ten minutes, like I always do. Um, <laughs> for sure, though, if you're asking like my opinion, I really like. Um, I tend to err on the side of ig- ignoring ignoring the fact that the audience is going to try to make sense of it and trying to make exactly what you want to make. Um, I think that usually leads to something that's a little bit richer and something that I enjoy more. And that really guides me is I just think exactly precisely what I want to make in my mind. And I, I don't try to make in, I don't try to necessarily create an inroad for the audience. Um, But on the other side of that, I think all music has to be compelling in a certain way. It has to convince you that it's worth listening to. And, and sometimes that's being really raw and authentic. And sometimes that's being so complex that you're forced to think about it. So well, yeah. I can certainly uh, – no, I'm with it. I mean, I think that's all really good insight. Um, it's very deep, and, you know, you can tell you've you put a lot of thought into that whole idea. Um, kind of right along the same lines, and I can certainly say that you're – you know, and I've told you this, and I think it's a good thing. Um, your music is very unique, very original, very, very – eclectic you're not going to find it anywhere else you know it's um i think mm. i said owl city at one point um, yeah yeah it reminds me of man and literally, i fucking love owl city like owl city i don't know how old you are but owl city was like super popular fireflies and all that right when i was in high school and like so it always takes me back to that and like and i love that just kind of electronic i don't know like, i don't know if i'm supposed to say rock or not but just like electronic I don't know. I love it. Um, yeah. Um, but it's very unique and, and I mean, you should be proud of it regardless of what anybody else has to say, but that Mm -hmm. takes me into, um, like I said, kind of all the same thing you've got actually, by the time the podcast is out, you'll have all three songs out. So you have my room, which was released in December of 2020, uh, suburbs, which was the song that I did the review over. And that was released a month later in January of 21. And now, uh, once the podcast is out, you will have Day Sleep out as well. Um, So, one big 
question with a lot of little questions, I guess, intertwined it in is like, tell me about your sound. Where does this all come from? Tell me about those songs that are already out. Let it rip. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, when I had like the bits for suburbs for a long time, like in like the spring of 2020 and I was really working, I like wanted to do something new. So there's a lot of like trial and error songs that came and went before that, that I was working on and what was really big and like a breakthrough turning as as like my sound turned into like the well read sound was building instead of building like some songwriters do where they create a they create a backbone through a whole song and then they build around that i just kind of started with one good idea at a time so like for instance, you might have a singer-songwriter that like writes all the melody for their song or they're playing over their own acoustic guitar playing and then they'll like come back and they'll go like, "Well, I'll change the chords here, I'll change the chords there. I'll put an interesting lick in here somewhere." I like used to do that and it really led to some blocks in like I just ran out of ideas and I was kind of okay with it. I was like, "Maybe I just don't really have any thing I want to say. I'm not going to make myself right because I'm doing this for fun. So then, but then I started building from just like one little piece at a time. So like the, if like we're using the example of like suburbs, there's like that pad that comes in at the near the beginning when I start singing and I just wrote those chords and that's all I had. And I liked them. And I was like, okay, I know that I'm going to like them. I know that I'm not going to want to change this later. Start with that. Okay, now let me improv a drum beat over this until I get something I like. And once I started building like that, where I would just build the next logical piece at a time or the next piece until I got it good, then I was building songs and I was always working around my creative blocks. Because I was never putting placeholder pieces in. You know what I mean? I was never like, oh, I'll write the lyrics and then come back to it. It was like, no, I'm just writing and I'm just working on this one piece. I get that piece right. I move on to the next piece. So the song's building with no particular length in mind. The song's building in a well-produced structure before I come and sing to it. So then the instrumentation's filled out. Because um, that's another thing, too, is like people always run into this thing where they like they wrote a song, they got the drums, they got the, the guitar part, and then they get to the end, they realize like, this sounds empty, we need another part. And at that point, you, you, you may have lost the original idea so much, it's really hard to get something you like to fill in that space. So instead I was saying, I'm going to produce this track like it's a like it's a beat, like I don't know what's going to go over it. And I'm going to produce it like I want to produce it. And then later I'll come and think about lyrics. And uh, that completely broke any sort of like 
songwriting blocks I was having and I was able to just ideate because I was okay to just build it one idea at a time. I didn't need to have the whole goal in mind. So uh, when I was like originally doing it, I was really, it's funny you say Owl City because that was like my main inspiration in high school. Um, Yeah, that's why I like started writing and producing songs at all was because I had heard um, The Saltwater Room, which is like old, 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 old Owl City. Um, oh, I've, I've, at some point, I have gone through, I believe, all of Owl City's discography. Yeah. Yeah, man. yeah. There's some crazy stuff. There's some crazy stuff in the back catalogs that are really cool to pull out. Hot Air Balloon, Hello Seattle. I don't know how old those are, but man, and those are, I think those are bigger hits still, but like, man, like I told you, it's just so sentimental, that sound, man. It's like, yeah. you, you can't be mad. You can't, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, someone give me a balloon and let me like be a kid again. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I was, when I was like doing... So I was like coming off of like basically just ripping off him for four or five years and then doing like I'd gotten into Animal Collective and I was doing an Animal collective kind of sound in the previous band. Uh, and then I was like, I really like New Wave. I was getting really into bands like New Order and um, a band called like Aztec Camera and some like 80s college rock. Um, there's a band called Orange Juice that I really like, and it had that analog synth sound. I really liked that because it was my the synth kind of thing, but it was more human. You could tell it was being played by a person on the other end, you know? Yeah. And I was, um, I was really into. I got really into like the lo-fi bedroom pop sound in the middle of there too. I got really into bands like Cave Town and um, bands like Triathlon and loved it. And so I was I was writing from there, too. But at the same time, I was like getting into 90s music history and I was finding like the DIY post hardcore emo bands from that period, Um, especially when the sound started really degenerating from like hardcore and it started slowing down. So I got super into mineral and American football and the promise ring. And I was, it was so much different. It was just bare guitars and drums, but I was emotionally connecting with it. And, um, Along with that kind of comes like shoegazy kind of stuff too. So you got like you got like your slow dive, you got your like drop nineteens. Um loved just wore out those albums. And so I was like, okay, there's I can't I don't play all of these instruments, but I'm sensing an emotional thread. Like I was emotionally connecting with all of the songs. I was emotionally connecting with the ambience in the music. Like when I heard um, the album Anti-Socialites by Alves. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, but that was an album that was full of rich, reverby, textured guitars. And it just, in my mind, I was hearing big pad synths, you know? Like, 
And that really clicked for me. And I was like, can I write in this mode where I'm taking these synths and like humanizing them as much as possible? I'm making them sound right on the border of, is this a guitar or is this a synth? And then can I pull the guitars into that realm? And I knew enough about effects to know that I could rig out a guitar board and strum through it and it could produce that sound too. So I was kind of going for this. I'm calling, I like in my head, I think electronic emo, but what I'm really meaning is I'm meaning these like long form brooding sort of mid nineties esque guitar band sounds, but I'm taking as much as I love from the eighties hardware synths and putting them into that. Um, and that's kind of like how I think about it in my head, but obviously it like, um, devolves and changes over time. The suburbs was kind of like me trying to write a song like, uh, the band mild high club and, um, uh, day sleep was kind of me trying to write, um, something that was tight and groovier and more bare. Um, so like I really, I thought about like, I thought about like boy Pablo a lot when I was writing day sleep in the production style where you have these like really clean guitar parts and you have, but then always mixing in what I'm doing synth wise to that. Um, so I kind of have a goal with most of my songs of like a, a sound I'm trying to shoot for. Uh, but the part that I work the most on is the chords, like the chord progression. I probably spend more time on than any part of the song at all. Even like mixing, even like individual notes, like the chords of the song are the thing that makes me interested to play it. And so when I got into just like major seven chords and add like nine chords and, and feeling it out on the keys, cause the keys are what I know the best. Then once I have that foundation, I can improv all the parts over that until I get something that I like. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting because when you have a lot of things that you want to do, you can't you have to resist the urge to try to shove it all into one song and you have to kind of split it up. So, especially with this EP that's coming out in like late August, there's some very not spacey reverby guitar incense. There's some very dry stuff and I was pulling from like I really love the like emo revival sound of like the 2012s on like the modern baseball, the like empire empire. Um, I really like the, like a, a clean stripped down sound that's very emotive and is playing with long, dirty chords. Um, those are kind of things I gravitate to. So 
yeah, there, there's a lot of that in there. Um, I think bands that I see, I, like I said, I like a lot of the bands I already mentioned are like huge, but I, again, I like, I'm huge into, um, animal collective mainly because they're so good at using, uh, synths in like a new way that, that, um, doesn't instantly they're able to like recontextualize them you know what i mean like you when you hear when you hear an animal collective song you're not thinking about the fact that like there's some guy on like a guitar playing something you know what i mean like there's that there's that ability to take uh different sounds and to manipulate them in such a way that now you're viewing them with a fresh mind and Animal Collective does that. Uh, Beach House does that. Um, Beach House does that with their drum parts so well. And they do that with their synth parts so well. Um, those kinds of things are just kind of, you know, rattling around. And I, I try to put them together in different ways and, and see how they work. Um, but that's where that's where uh, the, the 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 songs from the EP are coming from and we've got a, we've got another song called cul-de-sac which is my closest attempt at shoegaze and it's pulling from those ideas but i think what's interesting is like no matter how hard i'm like i'm trying to pull from an influence because i have kind of preset rules like i'm going to use synths in here i'm going to use guitars in here or sometimes the rule is, I hate that every time we play a show, there's a song where I have to sit behind a keyboard. I want to have a song where I'm running around with a guitar. So then I just write a song that I can run around with a guitar on. <laughs> like, So uh, those kinds of rules are filtering the influences and then they're keeping it from sounding so derivative. Um, but yeah that that's that's the general mix of things that i'm thinking about and that are going into the songs dude you couldn't give me more detailed answer <laughs> bro, bro bro you don't want that no one wants that like <laughs> I, i'll have to make my own podcast if people want that and i'll need like i'll need like thirty thousand people to tell me they want a more detailed answer <laughs> no no i think that was plenty i think that was plenty and i i mean i Again, man, I, I'm I'm very much the same way. You know, we were talking about um, the mail thing, you know, and, and sending out stickers and whatnot. Mm. Like I said, I'm the same way. You know, my mind is the same way with that as well. And like, yeah, I uh, I can go on and on about the things that I'm truly passionate about. Um, mm. Mm. And I mean, that in a good way, like ask me about things I don't know or I'm not passionate about. I'm fucking I have no idea. I won't even try. <laughs> no idea. But like you know, the insight that you gave there, man, I can, you know, I can tell you've really put a lot of thought into it. You've, you know, this is something that's very important to, I think anybody that would hear what you just had to say there would say that, um, hmm. man, the, one of the first things that comes to my mind with all that is just how many bands there are like hmm. in general. I mean, so many bands right. there that, that you just mentioned, I had never even heard of. Um, and I, I feel like I, you know, do a lot with music and yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. A, over a hundred CDs over here and, you know, <laughs> records and stuff. And at the end of the day, like I'll still not 
ever know every band. Right, um, right. There's so many different bands and sounds. Um, funny note, you mentioned American football once. I did not know American football until they released a new song. And um, on Twitter, it was like a headline. It was like American football. And uh, was it with the Haley Williams? Was it the... I don't know. I'd have to go okay. back and look. Um, I just remember the the headline because it said the head the headline was American football releases new song. And like I told you, my background <laughs> is in sports, right? And so I I swear to God, for about 10, 15 minutes, I was confused. I was trying to figure out. I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? American football releases a new song. Oh, that's a band. Okay. Um one little question I have off of that kind of perfect little segue there. Um, where does the band name Well Red come from? uh i just like the way it sounds okay uh uh i was like i don't know i don't like i didn't know if it's because your 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 capstone you were very well read <laughs> no 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 people <clears throat> dude people have like it's amazing because you can you can instantly figure out who's gonna just like hate who hates your guts because they just think you're being so pretentious by naming your band well read. They're like, well read. How dare you? Like, how can you know? Like, maybe I'm more well read than you. And it's like, I mean, that's possible. Like, that's that's very possible. I Talk did not name it. the band. Like, yeah. it's not it's not the point. Like, if the if the point is to pick a that's what I realized is like I've done a couple projects and I'm just done worrying about the band name. And I think all my favorite bands have names that are like ambiguous enough that they could go any way they want to go. And so yeah. I was like, let's pick something I like the way it sounds. And I was really like, I I still kind of have this mentality that like I I like I like a synth that feels natural. And so it was really on kind of like what are the most like earthy, imperfect, um dirty kind of connotations I can come up with and like you know well read sounds like very um like uh anti uh anti anti like anti tech anti um I don't know anti electronic you know mm-hmm. and I just was like that's that's a good enough connotation and it's ambiguous enough we can sound however we want to sound so there you go. Um, love it, man. Let's round it out with this one. Um, so the podcast can be out on the 18th of August. Um, what's next after that? I know you mentioned the EP at the end of August. Um, any shows, anything that you want people to know coming up, anything at all? Oh, yeah. No, uh, we've got. Oh, that was the most Midwest thing I've ever heard. You said, oh, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> That's such a fucking Ohio thing. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Ah. Uh, oh, no. I mean, and I do the same well, shit. Well, yeah. there. Well, yeah. Well, no. Folks, yeah. High. Yeah. No. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> do you watch that? Um. Do you watch Charlie Barron's the like the Midwest comedy guy that does the stereotypes? It's good. Truly, it's truly good stuff. When people mention stuff like that, it's usually like I have no fucking clue and I've never heard, even heard of it. But I, I truly think I have heard of Charlie Barron's. Um. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he does like his 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 little like Wisconsin accent, and and 
He just oh, he just yeah. does things about being Midwest, you know. So, uh, but um, what's next? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I could see you for. I could see that you were in the glimpse of forgetting. <laughs> uh, we 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 we're releasing an EP, and um, we'll be doing a little weekend tour, August twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth, and then we're coming back to Columbus on uh what is that september 2nd so 26th is in cincinnati at the comet uh with devil's cross country and then the 27th is in cleveland um well technically akron at musica um of uh, the 27th august yeah and i'm playing with uh northern weather and tusky see i and, can actually um, I'll, I'll have to look at my schedule there because Man, it's crazy. You saw my stories about my DUI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't drive. Right. So it's a right, bitch. Right. And I'm in Canton. And people are, but I always advertise that I'm like in Cleveland. So people will be like, come to our show in Cleveland, come to our show in Cleveland. But to get to a show in Cleveland, right. when I'm in Canton and I can't drive, is a, it's a fucking bitch, man. I could Uber, but then I'm, <laughs> it's literally $200 round trip. Uh, but right. Akron, is a little closer, so yeah, I, yeah. I look know. it up. Um, it's, oh, I know uh, Musica. Yeah, it's south. Okay, okay, okay. Never mind. Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. So they're the twenty seventh, and um, I can't remember the other band. Uh, it's like Smoking Honey Blues Band that's playing with us too. And then the twenty eighth is in Fort Wayne. So any of my Muncie, Indiana peeps, um, that I've met by playing out there, we're playing at the Ruin with uh northwest and the namby pamby and mushroom teeth so uh that's gonna be a great show and then uh september 2nd all my hometown Seabus peeps will be playing we don't have a venue yet um and the lineup is not finalized but we play in like a hometown ep release show we'll be doing like I love like just really working on the performance aspect too. So we'll be showing the short films for the pink and the blue. And then uh, it should be great. We'll be playing the whole EP there too. So that's like the big, biggest things on the bill. Um, and on the, the well read bill. Be, yeah. <laughs> on the bill read. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a lot of stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm so surprised at, um, how many friends me and the rest of my band has made in Columbus, and any of the bands that I play with, and continue to play with, and the friends I made because of it. I just like, I want to thank you guys, uh, because it's a truly great community. And I really want to thank you, Kevin, because you're filling a need that is super, super needed for little bands. Um, and I love it. I love it. It's exactly what people it, need. Yeah, oh, I appreciate it. I, yeah, you know, we talked about that off the recording, man. I, you know, it is, um, it's the same way as, you know, starting a band and whatnot. I just had that itch and yeah, just, it works, you know, for everybody. It's, um, <clears throat> I always mention the saying like grow together, um, which is, I mean, just so fucking corny, but it's also very true. You know, it's like, true. It's so as, true. As I grow, as my platform grows, the bands that I'm close with and always, you know, promote and talk about 
are going to continue to grow. I mean, I know that there's a tension on what I have going and that's, I'm not uh, to be cocky. It's just, yeah, you know, and, and I can, I noticed that. And so I appreciate it very much. Um, right. I just, uh, I'm looking right now, literally at my phone. <laughs> I Ubered, uh, or I, I Ubered. I looked up the Uber to Musica from my house. It's uh, $40 one way. Not cheap, Dang. but also, but also not, you know, that's not horrible. Um, I'll, I'll give you well, a, I'll throw in a free t-shirt if you show up. How about that? Ooh, maybe my stickers in the mail too. <laughs> ah! so I'll actually, yeah. If you come to the show, I will do what I already said I was going to do. And <laughs> send you the stickers. Yeah, no, I've dude, I've missed so many. Like, uh, you know, like I said, I can't drive. I mean, I've missed so many shows I wanted to go to this year. Um, Bro, but yeah. it's my own. You know, I got to pay the piper. But neither here nor there. That's it, man. Anything else at all that we need to cover for uh, for well read for you as an individual human being? Anything at all, man? No, I would just say, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people. Uh, I think this is one this is one thing I say a lot is like there's never been a better time uh, where somebody who has like no reputation, no musical background, no contacts or network currently can promote and grow and uh, and and have the potential to make at least enough where they can continue to focus on what they're doing. Like there's never been a better time. Like I love music history and the more I read about what bands had to do to be seen and the amount of hard work that went into it, I just, I'm so grateful. I really am. It's never been a better time. So just, uh, get out and do it your own way. So I'm glad to hear you say that, man. I, uh, you know, I won't, I don't want to steal your thunder too much on the, you know, the outgoing portion there, but I, I mean, I'm with you, you know, I think there's some things that suck about you know, our current creative climate, I guess you would say, you know, and right. social media and, you know, having to make TikToks and reels and shit yeah. and keep up with that. Nobody wants to do that, but it's part of it. And on the other end of all of that is the technology that allows, like if, if it wasn't for technology and Spotify and everything else, you think I'd be able to find these bands that I'm finding? Bro, we Absolutely wouldn't even, not. I would, I would have given up. I wouldn't have yeah. a chance. Like, yeah. I mean, I think about it all the time. Let's go back to 1975. I'd have to have people fucking literally physically mailing me like uh, a demo CD. And and I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, it's right. so, yeah, I'm with you 100%, man. We, we're, we're lucky. Uh, but there's flaws with everything. Um, great conversation, man. Very much. Very much. So I Thank think you. people get a lot out of that. Like I said, you know, with a lot of your detailed answers there. Um, you know, you can tell you put a lot of thought into it. And I think anybody that's truly looking for substance, you know, from these conversations and whatnot is going to get something from that. So, man, excited for the EP, excited for your uh, your trip to or your trips, I guess I should say, but your trip to Akron <laughs> and, and all around, man, and, and seeing what comes for you. And then in the fall, spring 2023, whatever the fuck I'm saying and beyond. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. No doubt, man. That is Seth of Well Read uh, out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for the no opportunity. Doubt. And that is that, everybody. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that one there again. Just a very unique um, 
you know, set of skills, very unique mind that Seth's got. And I think if anything, that's what you're hopefully able to get out of that. But I'm not going to tell you uh, what to take away from a conversation. Of course, there there was an hour's worth of great stuff here you were able to, to hear there. Um, and that is that. Uh, make sure, as always, that you uh, support the band any way that you're able. Uh, the link to the podcast description there, following Well Read on Spotify, Instagram. Uh, like the stuff, do the things. You know how to do that. Uh, it's all very important. Uh, in today's day and age, of course, as you know, for artists that are trying to grow. Um, for those of you in Ohio or uh, up in Northeast Ohio, I believe um, Seth and Well Red have a show at the Musica in Akron on August 27th. I, uh, I think that one's still uh, scheduled there. So I um, wanted to make sure I throw that in as well. Um, and I think we might have touched on it in the conversation, too. But um, yeah, just want to make sure I, I throw that in there. I've got that wrote down. I, I you know, everybody knows my situation. Uh, so I don't know if I'll be able to get there, but I certainly would try. Um, but either here nor there, I wanted to make sure I noted that as well. Um, that's it. Um, again, so the next uh, one that we are going to have is going to be this coming Tuesday uh, with Will You, Won't You. That is another uh, kind of solo-based band uh, with a with a backing band behind them, but uh, out of the Bay Area there in California, another punk band. Um, so really excited for that one as well. I've actually uh, done a, a song summary for Will You, Won't You and a few other things as well. So you may recognize that name if you've been following along with Mid Park. But um, on the way out here, we are going to listen to My Room, um, which was the very first single that was put out by Well Read in December of 2020. Um, for this one, I, I, I highly encourage you to just close your eyes and kind of get lost in it. Um, that's the best way I think that I could describe it for you to enjoy this song. Um, but yeah, we're going to listen out on the way out here. Um, again, all of the stuff for Well Read is in the podcast description. Make sure you check all of that out. Support any way that you are able. My name is Kevin Vargo, host and founder of the Mid Park Music Podcast. Please support local uh, local music any way that you are able. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time. Thank you.